Hi friends, and welcome to Do The Damn Thing. I'm your host, Lauren LaRue. I'm an entrepreneur, a lifestyle coach, and a content creator for my brand, LaRue. And if you're here today, it's because you're ready to elevate your lifestyle, live more intentionally, and achieve your dreams. And you found just the right place to do so. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another very exciting episode of the Do The Damn Thing podcast. I feel like this is a very long-awaited, highly anticipated episode, and I'm super excited to finally record it and share with you guys all of the details and everything in between about my move back to New York, or New York City adjacent, as I'm calling it. So I'm in Jersey City, as most of you know, which is basically like living in Brooklyn, like I said, just on the other side of Manhattan. So I'm on the other side of the Hudson, and it's truly wonderful. I have been here for over a week now. Um, you know, my mom's gone. So the apartment's here. It's by, I'm here by myself and it's definitely feeling, starting to feel pretty surreal. I keep telling my friends, it feels like I'm waking up in someone else's home and living someone else's life because it just feels like such a dream. And, you know, I've been manifesting this for so, so long. Like I said, and I'll get into this more in this podcast is, I wanted to go back to New York almost the moment I left. So over two over two years ago, well over two years ago, I left in the end of September, beginning of October of 2019. So it had been a while. And since then, I had only been back to the city once, which was in August, as you know, for my birthday. I came up here by myself. I had just such a wonderful trip. And It's funny too, because I landed at Newark. I thought about this the other day sitting on the couch with my mom and I was like, oh shit, you know, I remember landing and taking pictures. I wonder if I got my apartment building in the pictures. And what do you know? I sure did. It's ironically beautiful that that happened. But I remember landing and being, having this kind of scared feeling. I was so excited for this trip and I was so excited to see my friends. It was the first time I was meeting Haley in person And I was seeing all my friends from college that, you know, still lived here. And I was really excited. But when I landed, this sort of scarcity set in of what if the city, despite all of the healing work I've done in Florida and, you know, who I've grown to be and the brand I started, et cetera, all of the above. What if New York still held all of this baggage that I left it with? You know, I left New York in a really, really dark place. I, I don't recognize that version of myself. I don't honestly know how I got through it. I've always been a really strong person and I have a lot of strength. And I guess that that's kind of what dragged me through that horrendous time in my life. And so I was scared that I would get back into the city and it just kind of have this connotation to it or this like cloud above it of, yeah, you're back, but this is all the shit that's still here that you left with, you know? Well, I was wrong (laughs) on a happy note. (laughs) I was very, very wrong. The minute, so like I said, I landed at Newark. So you go through the Hudson Tunnel, which goes under the Hudson and you get into the city. The very second I got into the city and I saw the city and I I was breathing city air, it felt like home. It felt like home again. I guess I started crying. I was overwhelmed by emotions. I have always known my entire life that I wanted to be in a big city. And of course, you know, living on the East Coast of the United States, that usually meant, I was about to say Florida. 
they usually met New York or Boston. I've always had a love affair with Boston. My dad's from Boston. I've been there several times. It's a beautiful city, but it's not New York. And it's just always been this city. And I I know that this is an application for a lot of people. It's always been the place for me where I see the possibilities of life and of anything completely endless. That to me is really awe-inspiring. I feel like anyone can come here and achieve anything they want. And I think that that is very beautiful and extremely, extremely unique to New York City. So, you know, I got I got here in August and that's when I really decided. And I'm, I'm, I know I've shared this backstory quite a few times with you guys. But for anyone that's coming to this podcast for the first time, I want to make sure you have all the details. When I got into the city, I just knew I, I, it's time. It's time to leave Florida. It's time to get back to New York. It's time to start the next chapter. So like I said, that was in August. It is now February. I moved here January 29th. I moved in the 29th. And like I said, it feels, it's starting to feel surreal, especially the day my mom left. She was here for a week. So she left, today's Tuesday. She left Sunday morning. And, you know, waking up here, seeing my stuff in this apartment, even though I know it's my stuff, it just doesn't feel real. So I'll let you guys know when that really sets in. One day I just wake up and I'm like, holy shit, this is my apartment. Because <laughs> uh, that's kind of the reaction I'm having right now. But I'm very excited to share this process with you guys and how I came to, you know, this apartment and etc. So that's what I'm going to do. So I want to start with the apartment search. So like I said, when I got back home in August, my mom and I kind of sat down and I was just like, look, I am going to work my ass off the next several months. I want to move back to New York in January after the first of the year. And I knew I would need her help as far as getting here because moving to New York City, I would say honestly moving anywhere, but moving to New York specifically is extremely expensive upfront. It's like, honestly, it's like putting a mortgage down for a house. It's like putting a down payment down. I knew I would need probably roughly like 10 grand to get me started just to get the apartment and get with everything I need, you know? So again, I want to be very honest and transparent with you guys. So I'm going to give you honest numbers. I don't want to lie and cut around the edges for you just to fluff it and make it sound easy because it's not. So I talked to my mom and I was like, you know, I have my savings, but I don't want to just deplete the whole thing just to get up here. And she said, no, absolutely not. So talked about her kind of just helping me get up here. You know, the rental truck was so expensive because I, because I, haha, my dad <laughs> drove, um, I think it was like 1200 miles. All of that adds up a lot. And then of course you have to pay, you know, usually it's first and last month's rent, or in my case, it was first month's rent and deposit, you know, like a security deposit. And then I had to pay my amenity fee. Um, you know, I just a lot. Like I said, it all adds up. You can see it adding on a calculator. So in August, when my mom and I had that talk, I told her, I will, I will get there. I will get there and the moment I get there the rent's mine like everything's mine my bills everything is mine but I just need your help getting there because I don't want to crush my savings and I could have done it but I would have gotten here and felt a lot more scared about the money had I used my savings and not asked my mom for help and I'll say of course 
and I acknowledge this every single day, I'm very, very blessed and very lucky to have parents that can help me in this type of situation because I know that a lot of people don't have that option and they are completely on their own. So if I, if, if that's you, I commend you greatly if you're taking a leap like this on your own and your own two feet. That's very brave and I'm so, so proud of you. So anyways, my mom agreed. She's like, yeah, it, it's time for you to go back. I kept joking while I was in New York for my birthday, like, oh, every flight to Florida forever has been canceled. There's no cars. I can't get back. I just have to stay. Oh, well, you know, I joked about that every single day. She knew and she knew before I even got up here for that trip, she knew I would come home wanting to go back. It was time. So in August, I started my apartment search and it was just very rough um, given how COVID was at the time. And obviously my move-in date was January. And unless you're a billionaire, you can't really reserve apartments. You know, it's just kind of first come first serve and they go very fast. So I was just kind of looking to get an idea of what I wanted my budget to be, what I wanted the apartment to have, what my non-negotiables were. We're going to get into those soon because those are very important. And then I started seriously looking, I would say probably around like Thanksgiving area, because at the time I thought I was going to move mid-January. So I was, I was thinking like January 15th. And then once I actually found my place, it ended up being the end of January. So I signed my lease January 5th. And this is kind of what I want to share with you guys is how I chose this apartment. Now, to keep this, of course, under an intentional living umbrella, I want to talk to you guys about the process specifically and how I felt emotionally about it. So I was just having this conversation with a really good friend of mine last night who's actually coming to visit New York next week and I'm super excited. But she asked me, do you feel scared at all? Like scared about a lot. So I'm going to get into that later. But do you feel scared? We'll, We'll just go with a general scared. And I said, no, I had thought about this so many times leading up to moving in. I was waiting, and this is exactly what I said to her. I was waiting for the other shoe to drop, which we've talked about on this podcast. We've talked about being so happy that you feel like you have to embrace it because you see an end coming to it. And I just kept telling myself, no, like this, this is it. I'm, I've been manifesting this for so long. And now the universe is telling me you're ready. Here are your dreams. Here's your next step. I got down to really two apartments and one was in the city. It was in Fidei. It was an amazing area, gorgeous building, a lot of the same amenities that I have here, but it was a hundred dollars more than I'm paying now for a hundred less square feet. That's how small of a studio it was. So if you guys haven't seen the live I posted on Instagram of the apartment tour, I'll tell you, my apartment, it is a true studio, but what I love about it is you don't just walk in and it's one giant open space. So you walk in into a little, like not even hallway, it's just a little entrance. And I have an entry table and a really nice closet right next to the door for laundry. And then you're in my bedroom and I have a walk-in closet. Then there's a galley kitchen with the bathroom, you know, right there. And then you walk into the living room where the windows are. So they even though I don't have doors and it's not like a true one bedroom, it's still separated. So my living room isn't next to my bedroom and my bed isn't next to my like, you know, refrigerator or something. So I was really obsessed with the layout of this apartment. 
But then I knew, okay, well, if I, if I really want to get everything that's on my non-negotiable list, which like I said, I'll share with you guys in just a second, I, there, there was going to be something I would have to compromise. And another thing to note about that other building that I was talking about in FIDI is it was on, I think it was on the 24th floor. So that's really nice and high up, but the building was in the shape of a square and the square had a cutout in the middle in my apartment. What would have been my apartment was in the cutout. So I was just facing a wall. There was no view. And that was really a big letdown. So, you know, I kept sitting on it and I was just like, no, I want it. This is it. I know it's it. And I really did think that then this is the kicker. Then I put in the application and I immediately felt regret, heavy, scared. I was just like, oh shit, no, this like, this is way too much money for this small of an apartment. I was just like, there's no view. I was, I was really freaking out. It had my other non-negotiables, which I'll finally share with you guys. Three main things I wanted was a high rise with a doorman. I didn't care what floor I was on. I just wanted to be in a high rise in unit washer dryer i cannot stress this to you enough i was not willing to budge on that i i didn't care there had to be an in-unit washer dryer and the other thing was an elevator all of you know i mean if you're loyal to the podcast and have followed me for a long time you know i have horrendous knee problems and um my old apartment when i lived on upper east side before i moved home was on the fifth floor of a six-story walk-up with no elevator. And I had a dog. So I was constantly going up and down the stairs. And I really think that's like what did it in for my knee was all of the stairs because I lived there for almost two and a half years. So those were my three absolutely non-negotiables. High-rise, elevator, and and obviously an elevator is really given with a high-rise and in-unit washer-dryer. The in-unit washer-dryer was the big one for me. So anyways... That building and that apartment had all of that. But the moment I sent in the application, I just felt scared. I was like, oh my God, this is so much money. And I, I was really freaking out. And I'll, you know, I'll be honest with you guys because a lot of the questions, I did a poll yesterday on my Instagram for like questions you want to know about this podcast and et cetera. And a lot of them were about the money and the cost of the apartment. So I'll be really honest with you guys. My budget was 3000 and I ended up getting this apartment for just under I think it was two fifty or twenty nine fifty, and then I have an additional thirty five dollar a month electric bill, so it's just under three thousand. And that was my budget. And that apartment, I think, was like thirty fifty, maybe. Just it was just over, but I just felt terrified the moment I sent in that application. I hadn't even signed anything yet. I had a friend go view. Actually, Haley went and saw the apartment for me. And sent me a video. We FaceTime while we were there and et cetera. And she thought it was great, but it was so, so small. And there was no view. Like a hundred square feet is a huge, huge difference. So the one I'm in now is 570. So that one was like, I think it was even more than a hundred. I think it was like 450 or 460. Like that's ridiculous. That's a shoebox, you know, that's very typical for New York. The moment I sent in the application, my mom could tell. She's like, this doesn't feel right. And I was like, yeah, no, it doesn't. Let's just withdraw it right now. So we were out 20 bucks, whatever. You know, the application was in, but I told him, never mind, I can't do this. It's not going to work. Then I found this place. So Jersey City, Hoboken, there were a lot of questions about that. So I, when I was a senior in college, I dated a guy who lived in Hoboken. 
and I always went to him just because I had a roommate and his apartment was freaking amazing so I was very happy to go to him and I would this was when I was working at the restaurant at the World Trade Center so it was really easy for me to just get on the path train and go see him and he was right off the path and I knew I was somewhat familiar with Hoboken and it's a very, you know, again, being honest, it's a very upscale, like hoity-toity area. It's very expensive, very nice, very, very on brand with Lauren, if you know me at all, personally. But um, I was just like, you know, I feel like I'll get a lot more bang for my buck if I, if I were to live in Jersey and just take the path. So, you know, like I said, it's just like living in Brooklyn. You're just on the other side of Manhattan. It takes me, it, it, it's faster for me to get from here to the World Trade Center than it was for me to get from my old apartment to the World Trade Center. That was 45 minutes, takes me 15 minutes. I walk to the path and it's the next stop. I'm right there. When I was looking at apartments, I told my parents, you know, it might be best to do Hoboken or Jersey City just because I'll get so much more for my money and I'll I'll likely get everything I want on my not even just my non-negotiables because that was three things. I'll get everything I want on my wish list. Like there were, <laughs> that wish list was really long. So I started looking here and I had been very focused on Manhattan and looking to find a place in the city. But I just kept getting so let down by the apartments I was seeing in the city. And so finally, I took it more seriously to look in Jersey City and in Hoboken. And I had never been to Jersey City. I don't know anyone who lives here. All of my friends are either in the city or in another borough. But I kept, you know, Google Mapsing the area. And I was honestly like a little hyper obsessed with seeing how the path train would run and how fast it would take me to get into the city. Like I said, I'm one stop in. So the next stop is the end into the city. And that's the World Trade Center. So it takes me literally 15 minutes. And I was just kind of hyper obsessed with that idea of making sure it was close and et cetera. So then I found two buildings in Jersey City. One was called the Boulevard and the one I'm living in now. I found two apartments. So this is funny. In the Boulevard, there was a studio and a true one bedroom available. The one bedroom layout was gorgeous. It was awesome. There was so much closet space, a walk-in, beautiful kitchen. It even had an island in the kitchen. I don't know what the view was like or what floor it was on. If I remember correctly, I think it was actually really low. I think it was on the fifth floor, but it was a one bedroom, but it wasn't available until the end of February. And I was, I sat down at my desk alone in Florida and I really let myself think about it. Could I wait for this apartment until February? Could I stick it out in Florida for another two months? And that felt just as heavy as it did when I sent in that application. It felt horrible. It felt like I was compromising so much just to get an apartment. And it, it just didn't feel right. It was so stressful. So my parents kept advocating for it. They're like, no, you can wait. You can do it. And I'm like, no, I really, really can't. I have to get the hell out of here. It's time. I, I feel so stuck. I feel like I'm drowning. So they had a studio that was available I think even sooner than this one. And then this one was available. So no, I'm sorry. Cause I could have moved into this one much sooner. I don't remember the timeline of it, but basically I, I, it was this one or the one at the Boulevard and they were both really great studios, a lot, almost pretty much the same, except maybe the layout, but they had all of the same amenities as far as like, a, again, I'll say the washer dryer or a nice kitchen, updated amenities, etc. But I didn't like the Boulevard building. I thought it was really ugly 
kind of outdated. It didn't have as much amenities as the buildings have here. And I became really obsessed with this apartment. So I decided I would put in an application here and it felt amazing. I I was trying so hard not to focus on it, but I was just like sitting at my desk thinking, oh my God, oh my God, this is it. This is my apartment. And I just kept hyper obsessing with my email, refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. Did I get the email? Is it mine? Like, oh my God. And uh, the next day I got the email that it was mine and that we could sign the lease. And I have never signed a piece of paper so fast or a document. I signed it online. I have never signed something so fast in my life. My mom's like, you have to read through it. You have to read through it. I was like, no, I don't care. I want it. It was amazing. And I kept thinking to myself, okay, something's going to happen. That's going to trigger this scarcity. This honestly, you know, this money block, this money scarcity. It never came. I thought it would happen when I signed the lease. Nope, didn't come. I was so fucking happy. I was so excited. I thought it would happen when I started really packing up and like my bedroom was empty. That was super, that was really sad, honestly. But it was, it was the next chapter. And then I thought, okay, maybe it'll set in when I get into the apartment and I'm like fixated on this rent number. Nope, it, it just hasn't happened. For months, so many signs And I don't remember what podcast it is or when I mentioned this to you guys, but a while ago I mentioned that I was getting Oracle cards pulled that were always the same message saying big changes are coming. And I just kept fixating on the when, but when, when is it coming? Is it actually coming? How long do I have to wait? And I was, like I said, I was talking to my friend about this last night and it was a really beautiful conversation. And I just kept thinking it'll happen The universe knows when someone's ready to handle something, whether it's going to be the best thing that'll ever happen to you or the worst. The universe knows when you're ready to, quote, handle that, right? We've talked about this. Everything happens for you, not to you. And when I stepped into this apartment, my parents waited in the hall. I I knew it was going to be really emotional, so I asked them to just give me a minute. When I stepped into the apartment, it was the day of a enormous snowstorm in the city it was like seven degrees out that felt like was below zero and the snow was just sideways because there was so much wind but I stepped into this apartment and this beautiful white blanket was outside the window of snow just this this blanket of snow you the next the building next to me is owned by the same company it's the same exact building and they just have two I would say it's probably I don't know, 200 feet away, 150. I'm really bad with measurements. 150 feet away, something like that. So it's very easy to see. You couldn't see it. There was just, You couldn't see anything. You could see the ground a little bit, but it was just white. And I just, I remember staring out the window and thinking, holy fucking shit. This is, this is my life. This is what I've been working so, so hard towards. And... The payoff has always been happening because the payoff is a constant daily reward. It's constantly learning, evolving, etc. But this physical manifestation finally came into my life and I was just overwhelmed with joy and excitement. Excitement for the unknown. Excitement to challenge me and push me out of my comfort zone and everything that this apartment and this location is going to do for me. So Jersey City, I was really excited about, you know, it's a new place. And I felt like if you're someone who's moving to the city and you've never lived in New York City, 
I feel like Jersey City or Hoboken is a really great in-between from a normal, you know, quote, normal town to New York. Because where I am in Jersey City, it's very residential. It's very, you know, homey, very neighborhoody versus living in like Midtown or Five Eye where it's constantly busy, constantly hustle and bustle. And another thing I said to my friend last night, I'm so glad her and I talked about all of this because it gave me a lot of ideas for this podcast. Another thing her and I talked about, and I will stress this to anyone who is looking to move here, whether you've lived here before and you're moving back or you're moving for the first time. It is so, so important to know exactly what you want in an apartment and what makes that apartment feel like home to you. I love modern architecture. I love modern styles. So again, the high rise for me was exactly what I wanted. No one has ever lived in this apartment. This building is brand new. This apartment is brand new. Everything's beautiful and perfect and clean. That's what I wanted. Your taste might be the same or you might want, you know, the exposed brick look in a walk up, whatever it is, make sure you know exactly what's going to make it feel like home. This is very, very important. New York has this very easy effect on people to make you feel, even if you live here, even if you lived here for years, like a tourist. If you do not have a place that you are excited to go home to that makes you feel comfortable, warm, safe, you're not going to love living here. You're just not. So make sure you know exactly what you want in an apartment and look for that. And don't negotiate on some of those non-negotiables because (laughs) that's why they're non-negotiables. Those are things that make it feel like home to you. So I talked about the location. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just looking at my bullet points and thinking about what I want to say next. Yeah, so I talk. Okay. Someone asked me on the poll or on the question thing I did yesterday on Instagram, do I feel like I'm being left out of New York City? And honestly, I really don't. Like I said, I lived on the Upper East Side for a really long time, and it's basically the exact same thing as Jersey City. It's very residential, very homey, very neighborhood, very, again, hoity toity. Like, you know, it's a lot of rich families with rich little kids going to rich little schools. So. <laughs> It's basically the exact same thing. And it took me longer to get to downtown than it will from here. And what it took me to get from there to downtown is probably what it takes me to get from here to like midtown. So no, I don't feel like I'm being left out. You know, I work from home, so it's super easy for me to pack up my stuff and maybe go work in the city or, you know, meet. it's so easy to meet friends. Yeah, I don't think so. That might change in the summer when, you know, more people are out doing stuff because it is still pretty cold out. But I guess I can keep you guys updated on that. I was, I'll again, be very honest. I was worried about that when I signed the lease. I was like, do I really want to live in Jersey City? But then I thought again, okay, it's either compromise on location or compromise on the apartment. And I just wasn't willing to compromise on the apartment. And now I'm I'm so, so glad I made that decision because I'm sitting here in my apartment looking at this beautiful view and the way I've decorated, nothing has ever felt more like home to me. I mean, it's just perfect. So before I get into the manifesting stuff, I want to reiterate the money stuff to you because almost all of the questions I got on the question thing I did yesterday was all about money. So I'll say all this again. I'm going to be very upfront and honest with you guys because for those of you listening to this who are looking to move to the New York City metropolitan area, 
I want to make this as realistic for you as I can. Again, I'll say whether you have, you know, family or friends or an inheritance helping you or not, and you're doing this standing on your own two feet, either way, I commend you. And both of those choices are very, very admirable because you are taking an enormous leap of faith. And I'm going to talk about the leap of faith in a little bit. So just to give you guys a rough idea, thinking about my list of non-negotiables, $3,000 was pretty average. You know, that was, if I, if I wanted the things I wanted, that was going to have to be my budget. And I'll say that most of the apartments I looked at, especially in the city for studios with all hitting all my non-negotiables, they were, I wouldn't say significantly more than 3000 unless it had like a great view, but most of them were really pushing the budget, like, you know, 100, $200 over and grand scheme of things. I'm thinking, okay, what's, what's another hundred dollars a month on rent if I'm getting everything I want, but then I'm looking at the whole year and that's $1,200. Like that's a lot of money. So I just, I, I didn't want to push the budget. So $3,000 was really what I was trying to stick with unless I found like the absolute perfect apartment, which I didn't, not in New York. You know, I had, I had to give up something, location of the apartment. Then I, you know, thought about, okay, my budget for the rent is 3000 Then what about everything I need on top of that? All of my monthly bills, groceries, you know, dining out, et cetera, MetroCard, all of these things. So I was looking at, you know, a, a rough, and this is living, you know, making sure everything's paid. This isn't like comfortable and having fun. That's about five grand a month. That's a lot of money a month. And I'm very, very fully aware of that. But, you know, the business is doing well. I have a great amount in my savings. I have made some very smart investments. So I felt ready, you know, and I'm an adult. I'm 24. I was ready to live on my own. I was very ready to get out of my parents' house. And it is an enormous leap of faith. I will tell you guys that it's, it's, it is. However, I have done so much healing work on money blocks and confidence and building my business that I very, very much so know that the universe wouldn't hand me this apartment if I wasn't ready to pay it on my own. As silly as that might sound, it's the truth. So I know that, you know, I'm, I'm set. Like I said, the business is doing very well. That's thanks to a lot of you guys who are enrolling in the coaching and are interested in all of that and the course and et cetera. I'm honored that, again, I'll say, always say, I'm honored that you guys entrust in me that investment. And it, it it's wonderful. So without getting emotional. Again, so $5,000. And then I said, roughly the moving cost for New York was probably around 10 grand. So I had everything I needed for the apartment, almost everything except furniture. I took a lot home from New York from my previous apartment. That was all mine. I pretty much supplied almost everything in that apartment. And then over the last two years, my parents and I have just been kind of buying stuff for my apartment. Last Christmas, I got a ton of stuff for the apartment. This Christmas, I got a ton of stuff. So it was when I moved in, it was like having another Christmas because there was so much stuff that I hadn't seen in so long. Like, you know, all my kitchen stuff was packed because my mom has her own kitchen stuff. So I didn't need any of it. And I had all this beautiful new stuff that I had collected over the last two years. All I really needed was furniture. I needed a couch, a coffee table. I got a little C table from next to my couch, an entryway table, some rugs. 
Um, and that's kind of it. I My dad gave me the spare bedroom TV and I had my t- little TV for my bedroom. I have my desk, I have my dresser, my bed frame, nightstands, etc. So I barely needed furniture. And then, you know, the moving truck, I think was like 800 bucks. Gas was another like 400, $500 to get up here. You know, so like I said, this stuff really adds up. And then this changes with every apartment you're going to look at. So, you know, be wary of the budget, what you budget for this, because again, it's different for every single apartment. What's required up front could be substantial. So my previous apartments in New York, and I think this was because we were all in college and we all were using guarantors because none of us had like a stable income, obviously. No one was working full time. We, it, it was required that three months rent be put up front. That's like, that's 10 grand on its own without movers, without anything. That, that's 10 grand that we needed first and last months no, I'm sorry. It was four. It was four months rent. Oh my God. I don't even know how anyone would come up with that kind of money. You need first and last month's rent. What's called a broker fee, which right now because of COVID, most people aren't doing, but it's a bullshit fee that you pay for the person who brokered, I'm using air quotes, brokered you the apartment, despite the fact that it was on apartments.com and you could have just signed the lease on your own. It's really stupid, but a lot of places require it unfortunately and then a security deposit which is again obviously the money you'll get back so the two rents is money you pay obviously you need to pay your rent first and last month and then the deposit as long as you don't destroy the apartment i imagine you'd get that back so the broker fee is all you really lose but that's four months rent so my old apartment was a two bedroom i use that term very loosely (laughs) it was a two bedroom with a kitchen and a bathroom there was no living room and it was on the upper east side fifth floor very very old the building is from the 1890s and that was 2200 so that was four months rent required up front that's exactly 10 grand i'm sorry that's nine thousand dollars that's nine grand so here what was required up front was very easy it was just first month's rent great i can pay that no problem and a security deposit of only a thousand dollars it wasn't the entire rent and then another $750 for my amenity fee. I loved this. The amenity fee, and again, this is something that I'll change with all buildings as well, is either something you'll pay in a bulk upfront fee for your lease term, so you'll have to pay it again if you resign, or it's something that's added onto your rent. So the building I was looking at in FIDI, it was another $50 a month on rent. And that this is also if you use the amenities, if you want to use them, you have to obviously pay the amenity fee the, that's tacked onto your rent or you don't use them and you don't pay it. Or what my building did is I paid the bulk upfront fee. It's required. You have to pay it whether you use the amenities or not. And um, it was only $750 and I signed a 17 month lease. So I thought that was very, very cheap. So there's a lot of moving costs you know, the deposit, moving truck, new furniture, filling the apartment with necessities like groceries, cleaning stuff, you know, and then there's the fun stuff, obviously, like decor and etc. It's a lot of money. So again, the reality of it is just be prepared for what that looks like, because the last thing you want to do is sign a lease and then feel that scarcity around it. We're talking about intentional living people. So, you know, we're clearing those mindset blocks. You're moving forward. You're pillaging forward. And you need to make sure that you're prepared all the way around 
to take that leap of faith. And if it feels heavy, if it feels dense, the universe is telling you you're getting there, but you're probably not quite ready. And if it feels light and airy and like you're balls to the walls excited, take the fucking leap. Those, those are really the two options. And again, I'll stress because I am being, I'm being very transparent here as always. I'm very, very lucky that my parents were able to help me. My dad did the driving. I could never, could never. That drive is so stressful. It's so freaking long. It's, it's horrendous. So, you know, my dad did the driving. He paid for all the gas. You know, my mom helped me get the security deposit down and the rent. So I wasn't, you know, taking a huge chunk out of my savings and she was very generous and bought me a lot of this new furniture and it's it's been wonderful you know I'm very very lucky and I have never lost sight of that and I'm very blessed and I very much so understand that not everyone has the same opportunity so one more time I'll say if you're in the same boat as I am or if you're in the boat standing on your own two feet and rowing that paddle on your own I commend you either way. If you're moving to New York or any other city in the world, if you're taking that leap of faith, go fucking get it. And I'm so proud of you. What I want to end on, and I still have quite a bit to talk about, so bear with me, is all of the questions on manifesting. How I manifested it, how I took the leap of faith, how I cleared my blocks, and how I left my comfort zone. How all of that felt. I told you guys about signing the lease. You know, that the comfort zone thing, I'll say... Honestly, Florida wasn't my comfort zone. I don't know how to say this. My mom's house was my comfort zone. I had everything I needed. It's a brand new house. It's beautiful. You know, it's modern. It's gorgeous. It was spacious. You know, it's, it's everything you'd want. And I had all my needs met and I wasn't paying the bills, you know? So that's always great. It's, my mom wasn't charging me rent or making me pay for groceries or anything. She was just like, save your money, save your money, save your money. And that's what I was doing. I'll say that Florida definitely wasn't my comfort zone. If anything, I would say it was uncomfortable for me. And I've talked about this with you guys before, being that I am a different version of myself when I'm in Florida. And I see that and I don't love that. And I'm working on that. But I am a different version of Lauren when I'm in Florida, especially when I'm surrounded by people I know, you know, from high school or something like that. It's very odd how it happens. You know, I, I think I knew for a while that Florida was my comfort zone. But then I think about, okay, I had knee surgery. That took six months. Then COVID. So, you know, what was I really supposed to do? It wasn't until maybe June or July that I could have moved back to New York. And then in August, it's really when I decided. And then I just worked my ass off to get here. Wanted to be home for the holidays. It just didn't make sense to move before then. And I wanted to make sure I had more money saved before I moved. So it just kind of, you know, made sense. This is what I was saying to my friend last night. And she's actually the person who asked this question about the comfort zone. I feel like New York is honestly my comfort zone in the way it challenges me. Always feel challenged here. And this apartment, this environment, this new energy that I've talked about so many times before is what's challenging me, but it also feels really comfortable. So I hope that kind of makes sense. I'm honestly not even sure if it does, but you know, take, take what you will from that. Then we've got the leap of faith, which I've talked about several times before. Again, I think this kind of goes back to the lease story and how light it felt and how right it felt. Every moment leading up to stepping into this apartment just felt so exciting and 
I, I was so proud of myself and obviously I still am. I couldn't believe I was finally doing this and doing it on my own. You guys, okay, I'll say, I'll say this. One of my other non-negotiables was very, very much so no roommate. I was not willing to move back to New York if it meant I had to, I had to have a roommate. I would have done probably Tampa first and then moved back to New York. It works for some people and that's great, but I'm very, very particular about my space and I've become even more OCD over the years, so I'm very, very clean. And I just like my independence. I like that personal space and I need it. So, you know, be wary of that and, you know, do what you will with it. But the leap of faith, it just worked. It felt comfortable. It felt right. And I had been getting reassuring signs from the universe for months that this was coming. So when it finally did, I, you know, you kind of choose, am I going to embrace this and, and, you know, love it? Or am I going to be scared about it? Be scared that it's finally here and question if I really should take the leap. I wasn't willing to do that. I knew that this was the right next step and I was ready. And then clearing the money blocks. Quite a few questions came up about this and when they were simultaneously asking questions about, you know, rent and cost and et cetera. This is something... I'm just going to be very blunt and very honest with you about this. Clearing money blocks is a process that happens over time. And I feel like does need to be done with another person. This is a lot of what I do in my coaching. I use EFT. I use meditation practices, visualization, etc. I feel like this is definitely something that really does need to be practiced with another person, especially if you feel like your money blocks run really deep. And when I say that, I mean if they're influenced by your parents or your childhood or someone's modeled money to you in a way that feels uncomfortable, you need to work on your money blocks with a coach. If you need recommendations, I'm happy to recommend. I know several amazing coaches, especially depending on budget and price range, but that's what I did. I worked with a coach. Um, I worked for months on my own using EFT and then I worked with another coach and that's what's gotten me here. I could not, I would not be here without those people and without their help clearing all of those blocks. And the final question I'll touch on, which I thought was really fun, and I kind of mentioned it briefly earlier, but someone asked me, why New York City? Why New York? There are several other amazing cities in the country, let alone the world. Why New York? I, like most people this age, love to travel and I'm very excited to see the world and (laughs) of course I have not seen every amazing city but like I said for as long as I can remember New York has been it for me it's my heart has always been pulled to here and it's always been the place I knew I belonged I love Boston I would love to live in Boston for a year when I was in college and really thinking seriously about going into publishing I was thinking about Seattle. Seattle is the second biggest publishing hub behind New York City in the world. And I thought Seattle would be so much fun. It's beautiful. I love it. I've never really been a California person. LA, San Francisco has never really had that appeal for me. I visited. They're gorgeous. It's fun. But I don't think I could really see myself living there. I don't think I'm the LA vibe. (laughs) I'm very hustle and bustle. I can be very bitchy when I need to. I definitely have a New York attitude, so I feel like I very much so fit in here, and I'm not like the LA chill vibe person. 
So never really been a place for appeal for me. You know, obviously Miami, Tampa, hell no, not for me. Um, and then a lot of the Midwestern places, you know, Texas has a lot of big cities, Nashville, I mean, if you know me at all, even based on this podcast, you can probably guess I would never fit in there, nor would I ever love, love living there. It's just not the place for me. So New York, it's, it's always been New York. And, you know, I'm not going to romanticize it for you and say that it's perfect and amazing. There are things about the city that I hate. It's, you know, it can be gross. The trash is everywhere. It can be dangerous, etc. It has its downfalls, but it's New York City. <laughs> That's all I can say. It, it's, it's Manhattan. And, and it's New York City adjacent. <laughs> and I'm totally and completely and utterly obsessed and in love with New York. And it'll always be my home. I can definitely see myself living in other places for like a year for, you know, longer stints. But I see myself starting a family here, you know, raising kids here, <laughs> living here the rest of my life. This is, this is it for me. I've talked about this on this podcast before. I would love to live in Paris for a year. I think... Every young person, especially my generation and younger, really should experience more culture outside of what it looks like to grow up and live in the United States because we are so beyond privileged and it can, it's so, so very easy to lose sight of that and uh, kind of undermine that privilege and thinking we need more than we have. And it's not usually the case. And again, I'm saying that from this beautiful apartment that's full of beautiful things. So, I try and remind myself of that every day. And you know, Paris isn't exactly a crappy place. It's beautiful and it's Paris. But it would give me the opportunity to travel a lot over Europe. I really want to go to Asia. Um, I don't think I've shared this with you guys yet. But in August, my mom and I, I'm turning 25. And my mom is also hitting a milestone birthday. I won't say what it is. And uh, our birthdays are only two weeks apart. And when I was 21, her and I went to Paris over her birthday it, but it was my 21st birthday present. And this year, we are taking a two-week trip to Venice. And we're going to Venice. We're spending a couple days there. And then we're going on a cruise. And we're going to Greece and Croatia and the Mykonos and back to Venice. And it's going to be amazing. So really excited for that. But, you know, ex experiencing travel. I'm getting very off topic. I'm sorry. Experiencing travel like that, uh, you know, is easy and fun. You know, you're not seeing the the more difficult parts of the world. We also talked about Dubai and Abu Dhabi and uh, South Africa. Those are all places that are really high on my bucket list. So I'll keep you updated on all of that. But <laughs> anyways, why New York City? That's why. It's, it's home. It's the love of my life. And uh, I belong here. So I think that's what I've got for you guys. This was a long one. And I hope I answered all of your questions. If you have further questions or more personal questions about moving to New York, or want advice, need help apartment searching, I'm always happy to help. And if you want to talk money blocks, I very much so encourage you to book a discovery call or book a coaching suite directly. The coaching suite is getting a very beautiful facelift over the next two weeks. Prices are going to be changing, more is going to be added, and I'm really excited about that. So keep an eye out for that. If you are interested in the coaching suite, just book a discovery call and I can tell you, you know, one-on-one -on -one what the changes are gonna be if they're more suited to your needs. And that's what I've got for you guys. I love you all and I will see all of you beautiful souls next week.